Hey everyone, it's Harmon, and today we have a special Comedy History 101 Select for you. Yes, it's one of our earliest episodes on the history of SCTV, Second City Television. And you can tell it's one of our first episodes because the mic quality is really crappy. Before we jump into the episode, take some time to like, subscribe, and comment on Comedy History 101 either on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you get this damn podcast. And without further ado... You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. Dude, there's so much funny shit on SCTV. Oh God, yes. I'm just looking here, like the five neat guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh and, yeah, that and, was awesome. Uh, but did you yeah. see like Milton Berle giving them an Emmy? <laughs> He's just an asshole. Yeah, Count us in, dude. Okay. Three, two. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to uh, another episode of Comedy History 101. Where we bring you the history of comedy. I am Harmon Leon, and with me is... I am Scott Colonico. How are you doing, Harmon? Yeah, I'm fine, Scott. How are you? Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. We could have just launched right into the podcast without any, you know, cordial greetings. But you took time to ask how I was. That's, and I am know, fine. How are you, Scott? Yeah, you know, I'm fine, Armin. Thank you. You know, well, you know the thing is, politeness doesn't doesn't cost manners doesn't doesn't cost anything. No, no, no. People remember you if you're if you're nice to them. Oh yeah, exactly. So I'm. And and just going by the Buddhist uh, saying, uh, uh, niceness should not be mistaken for weakness. Right. Yeah. Of course. Ah. No, that's, we could be nice. <laughs> Thank you. That was a very. And, was, and, uh, but should we use the converse? Weakness. Should not be mistaken for niceness. <laughs> Does that work? I think I'm trying to side? I'm trying to wrap my head around that right now to see the uh, all the implications. Oh shit! Of it. I think it's another uh, podcast in I know. itself. I think we keep we keep spinning these off. We should have like somebody just following us around and like. Uh, well, I think we should be a think tank where okay. the people come to us going. I, I want I want to start one of these podcasts, but uh-huh. I don't know where to begin. Well, I have yeah. no ideas. <laughs> well, here's a few and of then, ours that we're not using. Yeah, well, here's one. It's called uh, "Weakness Should Not Be Mistaken for Niceness." <laughs> and here's here's another one called "Is This Thing On?" About the <laughs> yeah, the, the history who, of microphones <laughs> and technicians who test audio equipment. Yeah, and here's another one called "Google This: The History of People That Googled Things." <laughs> But today, but today, this podcast here, this one within this audio space, this one here, Scott, when I say the words Second City Television, SCTV, what comes to mind in in, in your brain thinking device? This is the SCTV Television Network. Oh, well, first of all. Is that a mortal line uttered by Johnny LaRue? Is crane shot. Crane shot. 
And, and what's the context of that one? I know the context of that one. Okay. Well, um, they was I believe that was from the Polynesian Town episode where there was a there was a crane shot, and, and Johnny Larue, the famous director, wanted a crane shot to end the movie with, and he just he had to keep begging for money. What a day! I lost my business. I lost my best friend. And I lost my pants. Forget it, Larue. This is Polynesian town. First, we should tell people what SCTV is in right. case okay. they, they don't know, you know? Um, SCTV was, uh, it, it was a Canadian television sketch show that began in 1976 and ran to 1984. This is SCTV Channel 109 in Mellonville Cable 6. And it was started by the Toronto troupe of uh, Second City. And the premise of the show was it was a, uh, a, a television station in the fictional town of Mellonville. Mellonville, yes. Yeah, so, and, and the television station was run by the greedy Guy Caballero. And now an interesting message from SCTV president, Guy Caballero. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is my policy here at SCTV to hire the best people for the job. That's why I hire illegal aliens. Um, he was kind of. How would you describe him? He was kind of like a kind of like a Godfather figure, and we also and then that played off later on. Who was in a wheelchair, uh, which was largely just due to uh, he wanted to get sympathy yeah, from his business deals because yeah. there's. Some shows where he's dancing around. And the original cast of SCTV uh, consisted of... Uh... Starring John Candy, Joe Flaherty, Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin, Catherine O'Hara, Harold Ramos, and Dave Thomas as the Beaver. Yeah, all we're still we'll see people will still pop up now again. I believe uh, people might be familiar with Mr. Martin Short, who uh, appearing on Broadway and movies and whatnot. But they're all they're all still around and doing well, except for John Candy, obviously. But they're all still uh, keeping active and out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was pretty much, uh, you know, as you know, it's a it's a pretty iconic. Uh, sketch show. So uh, it went differentiated from like uh, other sketch shows was it all kind of lived in this uh, the world of, uh, of of this TV station in Melville. Um, so not only would you have uh, the sketches, which were largely uh, kind of like a vehicle to parody movies and TV of the time, because it was like a it was like they're trying to emulate a an average broadcasting day. Um, on SCTV in Mellonville. Yeah. So I, you would have not only the shows, but you would also have behind the scenes of the shows and the interplay between the characters and the station manager and all that. And for that, it was very, uh, you know, kind of the first show of its kind to do that. Yeah, I, mean, I, read, I was reading something that, that I'd never liked. So part of the reasoning, Guy Caballero's reasoning, was that uh, he, was, he, he was too cheap to, like, buy, like, just normal, a normal network this is the, the his logic. The normal network would, mm -hmm. just, would just buy like repeats and, and show them, but he was too cheap, so he would just hire like all these people to do all these knockoff shows. So that's why you had this revolving cast of characters coming on and doing all these different shows that would appear and reappear and um, just work with the lowest production values they could. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and essentially in real life, uh, they were working with the lowest production value yeah, they, they could. possible. <laughs> yeah. Did you know? So for the total budget uh, of the first seven episodes of SCTV was thirty five thousand dollars, which is work, works out <laughs> to what? That's like five, five grand a show. Yeah, so basically they were making, like, no money on those yeah. early episodes. Yeah. Um, but how it came about was um, it, it was, like, it branched directly off from uh, Second City. Second City started in uh, Chicago, and then in 19, I believe, 1975, uh, they opened uh, a branch in uh, Toronto. I might be wrong on that date. It might be... Um, a little earlier. Okay, leave a leave a pause, and maybe you could. You we'll wanna, leave the pause. Do you want to? No, I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling okay. here. I'll, uh, I'll stop. Uh, you look at this. We'll leave the pause. Yeah, uh, yeah it had to start in '75. Okay. So, anyways, it, it started. Uh, so, Second City came from Chicago, um, and and a lot of the cast. Uh, you know, like the original cast, where a lot of them started in this um, uh, legendary production in Toronto of Godspell in 1973. That was, so that yeah, sorry, good. Oh no, go ahead, dude. That was a production that uh, uh, not only had Martin Short, but also Andrew Martin, Eugene Levy, uh, Paul Schaefer was the musical director, and uh, I believe Ivan Reitman might have been. I think he produced somehow it. Involved yeah, in. yeah. So you had this huge, crazy, you know, Gilda Radner. Yeah, Gilda Radner, <laughs> who dated Martin Short at the time. So you get this huge, crazy cast of like future stars, you know. All yeah, they call it uh, the legend, the legendary Godspell show. Yeah, it was crazy. So originally, Eugene Levy in the the Godspell show uh, uh, auditioned for the role of Jesus, uh, but according to the director, he looked too Jewish, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which was. I don't know. Is that a bad thing? Because Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> it was kind of, yeah. Yeah, or the producers, though, they thought he was too hairy. He <laughs> felt that uh, so much hair would scare kids during the matinees. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And even before, even before Godspell, to have another SCTV sort of link was um, Eugene Levy is from Hamilton, uh, uh, a town called Hamilton in Canada. I, is that Ontario? I don't know. It's, Leave a comment yeah. below if we're wrong on yeah. that. <laughs> but not, and, he, and he went to McMaster's University in Hamilton. And not only did he go to McMaster's, but also Martin Short and Dave Thomas. And here's another weird twist is that Martin Short dated Eugene Levy's sister. Yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying Martin Short got around. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ivan Reitman also went to uh, McMaster's uh, uh, University in Hamilton, and that's how kind of how Eugene Levy got his start. Was he became friends with Ivan Reitman, and they uh, they didn't really have like a theater department or a film department, but uh, you know they, they they had a group called the McMaster's Film Board. And uh, they would just start making movie shorts. And Ivan Reitman moved to Toronto to make his first uh, movie, which was called Foxy Lady. <laughs> and Levy was kind of just sort of uh, – he, he was like an engineer major. And then mm -hmm. I think he was just sort of doing crappy in school because he was more interested in theater. And he just said, uh, can I come work on your movie uh, to Ivan Reitman? And, and he said, oh, the only job I have is like coffee boy. 
which was actually not a rule, but an actual coffee boy for like $60 a week. He said, I can't pay you that little. <laughs> and he said, no, I'll take the job. And then uh, from there, uh, Eugene Levy moved to the Toronto. And then he worked on actually in a role in, in Ivan Reitman's next movie, which was uh, Cannibal Girls. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Morton was in the movies as well. So uh, they kind of hooked up together, you know, got their start first from the Ivan Reitman movies, then uh, moved on to uh, Godspell. Yeah, and then from there, it was, it was nonstop. <laughs> yeah, but it was like kind of like a, 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 like a happy coincidence because like after Godspell, you have all these people in Toronto that worked on it uh, that were soon to become famous. And then Second City opened up a branch in uh, 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 Toronto. So mm-hmm. um, from there, you know, they just became like, you know, right into Second City. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, just kind of was like ready to go. Here you guys go. You're all here. Let's, let's get it started. And then they had, you know, because Saturday Night Live started in '75, um, so these guys mm-hmm. had something to kind of look look towards, you know. So that um, that, and then there was a whole that whole National Lampoon thing was going on at the same time, which Reitman and those guys were all involved with as well. And people were kind of picking picking um, picking the corpse, you know. They were all stealing cast members from each other yeah 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 so saturday night live came about in 1975 so the big at the time the big uh sort of sketch improv groups was the national lampoon uh touring show which had like john belushi and bill murray in it and second city so um uh saturday night live came about and uh they just started scooping all the best players i mean pretty much the early saturday night live was national lampoon Mm -hmm. yep yep Bernie Sollins, who started Second City, said, you know, instead of like having Saturday Night Live just kind of scoop all our, our best talent, why don't we start a uh, TV show? So uh, what, what they did was uh, they, they listed Harold Ramis to be the head writer, and, and they did the show uh, initially for two seasons on the CBC. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because the, the Ramis, yeah, it's kind of interesting watching Ramis on that show. Because um, you're 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 not expecting him, and then all of a sudden he's there. Hello, hello, Mr. Dunson. This is Mo Green on SCTV's feedback. Mo Green, you stink. You know that? You must be thinking of the other Mo Green. He was born an American. He was, he was an American guy in the Canadian cast. Well, that's a misnomer because there's oh. they they were kind of mixed uh, Americans and Canadians. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Andrea Martin is actually from uh, she Port Portland, Maine. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. So you learn something new every day. We're doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And Joe Flaherty, he was he was born in I think he was born in Pittsburgh. Huh. Okay. Well, they can be. Yeah, but there. the whole deal is like you know they they came over from the the original Second City uh, in Chicago, you know, and then they opened this new branch of Second City in uh, Toronto. Right. And Kathleen O'Hara actually started as a waitress at Second City. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so just to, when to, when she was twenty. To go to go back to your Bernie Sol- so Bernie Sollins was actually one of the founders of Second City Improv Troupe in Chicago. And yeah. then, yeah, then he went on to do the, the founding the uh, Toronto one in 73. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, and here's another twist is uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara's brother 
dated Gilda Radner. Oh, okay. Um, we should... Yeah, so it's all kind of incestuous. Yeah, so. we need like a like a flowchart or something to keep up with all this. <laughs> yeah, so Harold Ramis served as the, the original head writer uh, for the first uh, couple of seasons of uh, SCTV, and they filmed uh, 16 shows in seven weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so can I can I bring up here? I just wanted to mention this is like yeah. the, I don't know why this is burned into my brain. I actually I ran into Harold Ramis in a, at the Austin Film Festival and I got to shake his hand and tell him this. But my favorite my favorite Harold Ramis <laughs> bit, the one I remember was when he played um he was he was playing a Swedish policeman called Clog. K L A G G. Yeah. And he would catch people by throwing throwing his shoes at them. You know, his wooden shoes, his clogs. <laughs> oh, so he's like an odd job, but with yeah. uh, instead of like a, a, a deadly weapon hat, he yeah. had deadly clogs. Yeah, he threw the clogs at him to catch up criminals. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. So I got to see him. I saw him at Austin Film Festival, and I just wanted to say I wanted to, sh- I wanted to shake the hand of the man who, who was clog. And, <laughs> and he, what did he say about he that? Just, he kind of laughed. He said, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, Harold Ramis actually called uh, SCTV. He referred to it as the poor cousin to Saturday Night Live. Aww. No, it's just true. So Saturday Night Live, as you know, it's it's a live show filmed in front of a, a live studio audience. And Second City was a uh, – they had no audience. So the 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 uh, it was like as uh, Eugene Levy described it, kind of a – it was like an editing show. So, you know, uh, they, they weren't playing the characters for an audience. Uh, they were like uh, – you know, they were never, you know, holding for the laughs. They were just – so it's more kind of an ensemble – you know, actory type thing where, you know, Saturday Night Live is played, you know, you're, 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 you're performing for an audience. So that was like a huge difference. And originally there was like no um, laugh track to the show. And they, then they played it back with no laugh track. And it just, was, I don't know. I think Eugene Levy thought it was like kind of creepy. Yeah. So, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of weird because you and I have both been kind of binge watching these and it's just, I mean, I guess you kind of need the laugh track there. It just does sound kind of weird because it's just I – can't, I can't really describe it. But it's just like, yeah, you mm-hmm. do feel like you need something there. Yeah, so originally – so then they went back and they played the clips in front of a live audience and recorded their laughter. But then it, then it was like all the timing was laugh because they would they'd be laughing over, you know, laugh lines mm-hmm. and setups and things like that. So – eventually they just went for like a straight up uh sort of uh laugh track uh with the show yeah yeah so that's just it's just you know you hate to do you you know you sometimes you, people i know people try to fight it but then it's just like yeah that it is it's something that sometimes you just need it there for some reason yeah 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 so um after the first two initial um uh seasons um so so it's it filmed for the uh cbc but um it was also in syndication, like in the States. So it would pop up on, you know, just random times, no matter who was like what, what city was syndicating it. Mm-hmm. And after two seasons, no one picked up the syndication. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that you think, oh, oh, there, that's the end of SCTV. But um, this like millionaire in in, in Edmonton, uh, Alberta, Canada. Which have you been to Edmonton? No, I have not. And I don't want to offend any of our Edmonton <laughs> listeners, but it's kind of a shithole. Oh my god, that's kind of that is a little offensive. You could have picked a different word. 
Yeah, okay, we'll beep that out. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, so there's, it was this billionaire in, in Edmonton. Uh, he said, you know, he, he thought the show was like, you know, an important, you know, cultural, you know, uh, uh, relevance to, to Canada, like putting it out there in the world. And he said, you know, if you move your production to Edmonton, I will match your, your production uh, 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 budget. Who, who was so, this? Um, I'm not sure what his name was, but um, he, he was an Edmonton millionaire. Really? Okay. Yeah, just Google it, dude. Uh, just, <laughs> no, we're, supposed to be, we're supposed to be sharing this with people. I'll, oh yeah, I'll look yeah, it yeah. Up. I'll look it up. But yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so that's why they they moved to uh, to Edmonton, and 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 they said like they were so happy, uh, like the production value just like went way up, and 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 it really kind of helped them focus on uh, just like writing the show because there's really not much else to do for Edmonton. But they 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 loved the crew because like the crew before that. Uh, um, in Edmonton, like they were used to like filming like carpet commercials and, you know, industrial videos. For those of you who are want to know a little bit more about the Edmonton SCTV shooting locations, somebody has made a helpful Google map. So, so with all the, uh, the, the location episodes on here for like Polynesian town and play it again, Bob, and some of the, uh, Oh, cool. Yeah. So some of the, Oh, and the Jerry Todd show, I believe probably the, uh, Oh, I love the, the Jerry Todd <laughs> show. The, the famous, uh, golf course. Yeah. So those, you can find those if you just do, uh, Google Edmonton SCTV shooting locations or better yet, we will post it on our website well, and where, click and, save. Okay. <laughs> and how is it, uh, com. Yeah, yeah, we'll post it. We'll right. post it in the blog post. All right, there you go. Thank you. All right, good enough. All right. But yeah, yeah, so they, they, they thought like the best episodes were the ones they filmed in Edmonton. And then on the third, on after the, 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 the third season, uh, that's when uh, Rick Moranis came in. Okay, all right. Yes. And Rick Moranis was the only one who came in from the world of stand-up. Oh, really? Yeah. So have we, have we heard any, can you drop a clip of his stand-up in here? Um, I tried to find his stand-up, but only thing I could find was when he was hosting Saturday Night Live. Okay, all right. <laughs> and also on the third season, two of the most forgettable uh, Second City or SCTV uh, performers, Robin Duke and Tony Rosado. Oh, no, now, now, <laughs> are we going to talk? But, but oddly, oddly enough, oddly enough, they both went on to be on SNL. Yeah, I did. So uh, while we were uh, while we were uh, doing some research for the show, I took it upon myself to find out a little bit more about Mr. Rosado, mm-hmm. Harmon. Uh, if you're curious, uh, he's actually from the same part of Italy as my family. So he's down from the south, down from Naples. Um, yeah. And uh, apparently, so he was on uh, after he left Saturday Night Live. He kind of started doing a lot of voiceover work, but then ran into some trouble with the cops, legal issues back in 2005. What happened? Uh, he was charged with criminal harassment of his wife Leah. Ooh, so, that's yeah, not good. Things got a little, things got a little um, nasty for uh, Mr. Rosado, and he is, yeah, he, he passed away in passed January. away in Jan- January at the age of sixty-two this year. So yeah, um, yeah. but I, I think the best one he's known for, which is one of the very classic uh, SCTV uh, skits, was. Uh, the uh, Midnight Express special. Right. It was like um, Abbott and Costello. Uh, it was a cross between uh, 
a TV show called The Midnight Special, hosted by Wolfman Jack and uh, Midnight Express, the uh, the Turkish prison movie, written by Oliver Stone, no less. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you have Abbott and Costello. Uh, Costello was played by Tony Rosato. So Lou, why don't you introduce the band? You want me to introduce the band? That's right. All right, I'll introduce the band. What band? The band. What's the name of the band? I'm telling you, man, the band. Well, who's the band? No, no, no. Who's on next week? What are you asking me for? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Who's on next week? What do I care who's on next week? If I'm going to introduce the band tonight, i got to know their name. That is their name. That's whose name? The band. What's the matter with you? And, and Abbott was played by Eugene Levy. Uh, they're going through customs in Turkey, and they find some hashish in their luggage. <laughs> Hey, where'd you get that package? A fella gave it to me. What fella? This fella right behind me. There's nobody there. Well, he was here a minute ago. Didn't I tell you not to talk to anybody? Oh, honest, Buzz, I didn't say anything to anybody. He just gave me this cake to give to his grandmother. You, what's in the box? I'm sorry, I can't talk to anybody. Answer the man. <laughs> um, Harmon, one of the things that you were you were uh, mentioning here, where you started talking, you had this written, you had this jotted down, was that uh, while they were shooting in Edmonton, uh, you know, things would get really creative, and you were saying something about how the caterer would suggest things. Yeah, they would be open to uh, just having the crew uh, give suggestions on. It was like you know, it goes back to it's just like. Everyone was just really gung-ho to be working on this. Yeah. And Andrew and Martin said they would even take, like, suggestions from, like, the boom mic guy or <laughs> the caterer. If they had, like, good ideas, they would just go with it, you know? They were just all kind of, you know, for large parts, just all good-natured uh, uh, Canadians. Yeah, they're, they're very polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, so then the, the show moved over to uh, NBC. And the execs would have – would come up – once it did, uh, the execs would come up to MB, come up to Edmonton and give them like notes, and they'd be like really bad notes, like Eugene Levy would say, because uh, essentially what Eugene Levy said was it was kind of like you know the the lunatics running the asylum, like no one really like looked after them, so they pretty much could do like anything they wanted to do, like with the show. But when they moved to NBC, like the execs wanted it, they just like, why don't you be like Saturday Night Live and put all your, you know, big laughs up front. And then, you know, kind of that more experimental stuff. You put it, you know, in the last half hour when no one's watching. <laughs> yeah, because they, they did, they have, um, they would do, I saw the bumpers. And so what they would do would be, because they'd show it right after Saturday Night Live. And so they would have the NBC bumper, the SCTV would start out the show with the SC, with the NBC bumper that would eventually it would get pushed off the screen by the SCTV bumper. So it would be, it'd give you that illusion of you're now watching a different network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And an interesting thing is, like, they would film sketches, and if the sketches didn't go that well, um, they would always have, the, like, these little promos for shows in between, uh, you know, um, sketches. Right. You know, like, coming next week, yeah. and it would <laughs> just be, like, a, about a minute promo. But basically, for the most part, those were sketches that, just didn't work 
<clears throat> so they would just be cut down to like a minute and used as like kind of like the Terry Gilliam animation, mm-hmm. you know, kind of link in between the sketches. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I think like one that didn't work was like uh, a thing called Melvin and Howard's. Yeah. Melvin Dumar is the driver. Howard Hughes is the passenger. It's Melvin and Howard Thursday at nine on SCTV. Oh, I don't feel so good. Which was like, you know, so they just cut it down to a promo. So it was basically a, a spoof on the movie Melvin and Howard. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in the SCTV one, it was like Melvin and Howard's, and the Howard's were like the three Stooges. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they would just, cause, yeah, because you can get away with it. it doesn't, you don't have to have an ending. There's just nothing there. It just like starts and stops, and that's it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like the equivalent of when what they would do on like a Second City stage when you have a blackout in between scenes. They would throw in these like promos as the blackout, you know, to, you know, it, it would just keep things rolling. Yeah, I think, and then also around this period is when the NBC they were kind of pushing them to have musical guests and stuff. Yeah, and and the the SCTV guys would fight that or just you know resist it a little bit by saying, well, if there's a musical guest, we have to have to give them a reason to be here. Like they they would like have a job on the show, and mm-hmm. so like one of the ones I remember was um, they had the tubes on. Uh, at the time, you know, She's a Beauty was pretty big, so early '80s, and the tubes were on, but they weren't. They weren't just singing; they were uh, a guest on the uh, the Fish and Musician. They wound up being guests on that show. From all over the world, musicians come to Gil Fisher's Scuttlebutt Lodge to be on the Fish and Musician. I know. I think it was. It was. I think it was the episode called "Bouncing Back to You" when it was Lola Heatherton. Yes. <laughs> And she was like a, I don't know, they do a lot of like smarmy Vegas type characters mm-hmm. on SCTV. Yeah. And so she was making her big primetime comeback variety special. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the SCTV studios, bouncing back to you, it's Lola Heatherton. Like Guy Cabarrot, like, says, yank her off, get her off there. And then, uh, so they pull her off stage, and she was quickly replaced by the tubes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. There's our musical guest. Yeah, so when we talk about like some of our favorite uh, bits, that's always fun. Yeah, okay. No. <laughs> well, of course. Uh, that's, <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing, dude. We're just we're riffing. We're, we're all riffing yeah. here. Yeah. Well, of yeah. course, you know, I got I to gotta go. My, you know, of course, one of my picks would be the Bob and Doug. Okay, good day. Welcome to Great White North. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? And whoa, did you hear about... What? Well, you can tell. Okay, you hear about the guy who, like, uh, was opening a beer, eh, and, like, went to drink and then did the stupid thing of looking in the bottle and, whoa, there's a mouse in his bottle, eh? Real, real, real mouse. Well, I guess it, it was dead, right? Drowned from yeah. beer and drunk, too. Like it, happy it, died too. it had a smile on its face, eh? Bob and Doug saw the movie in the theater. I still, I still think Strange funny. Brew. Strange Brew. I think if you still go back and you watch these, they're still funny because they actually, you come off where you actually, you could actually believe they're real life brothers. I think that that's kind of the thing. Because <laughs> if you watch them, they do seem like it's that, it's that kind of playoff. Uh, each other, and then I think yeah. what's, what's interesting to me is like in the tradition of of the comedy duo, the straight man mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like even when you have kind of like these couple dim witted guys, there's always one who's like kind of the smart guy. Yeah, you know, like in this case, Bob, he's kind of like the smarter dim wit. It's kind of like yeah. you know, even in Cheech and Chong, 
you still got, you know, Cheech is kind of the smart guy. You know, there's always they right. keeping, keeping up that tradition of uh, the one, the one smart guy. And Bob and Doug, and I think it's, I think it's still funny. I think it still holds up because it's just that kind of juvenile humor. That, yeah, that yeah. Kinda, explain, that explain the premise if like people haven't seen it. Well, the premise is that these two guys, Bob and Doug McKenzie, have their own TV show. It's kind of like a, I guess you could see where um, it's almost like a Wayne's World. That's exactly thing. what I was going to say. Like a new one. It's yeah. like this is kind of Wayne's World. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. So our topic today is how to stuff a mouse into a beer bottle without uh, without breaking it, the its, bottle. its bones. Right. So that they'll look at it and give you a case and not think you hose them by uh, by deliberately stuffing one in. Eh? It's like shipbuilding in a bottle, okay? Right. And I don't like it. It's the same premise of Wayne's World. But these guys, the uh, on SCTV, they're having a little bit of fun with the Canadian... Um, TV board and that uh, SCTV was told or Canadian programs were told that they had to have a certain amount of Canadian themed programming on their shows and so this mm-hmm. is their this is like their kind of thumb you know, up the nose to the, the Canadian powers that be where they go okay we're going to make the most Canadian show you've ever seen <laughs> which has resulted in this you know, the two, most successful yeah. <laughs> uh, thing that ever came out of SGTV yeah two guys wearing <laughs> parkas and toques and, and drinking Molson beer you know so yeah that's about and this. eating donuts yeah. <laughs> eating Tim Horton donuts <laughs> and about the most Canadian thing you can see and the uh, I think the movie holds up pretty well too it's just it's the interaction between those two guys that's funny yeah, I saw the movie a while ago. I, I know it's, like, based on Hamlet. Yeah, it is uh, totally, yeah. Yep, it is. Castle Elsinore. <laughs> Elsinore yeah. beer, yeah. Yeah, and Max von Sydow was in it. Really? Yeah, he's, he's like, the main bad guy. As himself? He's kind of the main bad guy. No, he's just, he's, like, some evil dude. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it holds up. So that I would have to say that would be one of my favorite, one of my favorite sketches. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's hard, like... Like I was like binge watching like the last few days and there was like so many that you forgot about. Like uh, <laughs> I think like like I like Sammy Modlin who, yeah. who's kind of like a like like uh, he's like a smarmy Las Vegas uh, mm-hmm. uh, talk show host, which yeah. they actually got the idea um, like in the early seventies. Sammy Davis Jr. had a talk show on. <laughs> okay. And it, it was just like that where everyone's just sort of kissing each other's ass and uh uh and his sidekick is William B. William, who's John Candy, yeah. who laughs kind of like this. <laughs> <laughs> and they always have uh Bobby Bittman on Bobby who's Bittman. like this. How are ya? Bittman is back on the Sammy Modlin show. Yeah, and I mean, it was, uh, it was Eugene Levy, and then they had um, it was Mel's Rockpile, which like their version of the uh, speaking of Eugene Levy, that was Eugene Levy as the host, and it was mm-hmm. kind of it was kind of like a um, a midnight special kind of of uh, TV rock show that were popular back in the seventies, but he was just like a really really horrible host, and it was just it was Mel's Rockpile. <laughs> Hello again, and welcome to Mel's Rock Pile. I'm Rockin' Mel Slurp, and we're going to have a lot of fun on the Rock Pile this week. We're going to be doing a little music and doing a little talking to some of the kids on the dance floor here. So, do, you see, do you see the Bobby Bittman episode where um, he brings out his brother, Skip? Uh, a little bit. Tell me more about it, Harmon. <laughs> um, Skip's an aspiring stand-up comedian, <laughs> and he's just like... Um, 
hey, I, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, please, please welcome the the president of the United States, John Wayne. <laughs> now listen and listen good. <laughs> I'm the president. Okay, I'm gonna go over and talk to Secretary of State Jimmy Cagney. I'm gonna walk over. John Wayne walking over. President John Wayne. Okay, Secretary of State. <laughs> and then he calls. Then he's like, they go to panel and like uh, Skip calls Bobby Herschel, like his real, and they start arguing in Yiddish. Herschel. It's they didn't not, know it, his it, name it, was Herschel. It doesn't matter. They didn't know his name was Herschel. They don't oh, care. What, 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 My uh, parents still call me Tzvi and name Herschel. You know, in Philadelphia, when they put on the Maudlin show, they say, well, put it on and watch Sammy Maudlin, William B. and Herschel Slansky. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they would, they, they had the ability to do, uh, you know, these crazy, like, they could stretch gags on for a while. I think, because we both kind of had this down here. What, this looks, I really remember this too at the time. It was like when the um, SCTV feed got jammed by the Russians. Good day, people. This is Today is Moscow. I am Valerie Kometsky. And I am Ivan Mihailov. Show today is crowded, so we must move quick. First, we say welcome to new viewers in Mellonville and Tri-City area. So they started showing showing all these programs. It was just like bad Russian, but it was just like those horrible Russian game shows. And then you have written, we have both written down here in our notes, uh, what fits into Russia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was just uh, Dave Thomas standing in front of a big map of Russia, putting on a bad Russian accent and slapping countries, <laughs> slapping countries yeah. onto the map going, look how they disappear in the vastness of the Ukraine. Hello, people. Yeah. Welcome to What Fits Into Russia. Yesterday, the last country we put in place was Angola. And look, ha, with these other countries, not even half feeling Mother Russia because of its enormous size. And look at rest of world. <laughs> He's almost gone. But I love it when they go to like there's a TV show and they go, oh, let's let's show them the new mini cams. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was the, that was one where um, it was uh, Yorgi and the tractor where John Candy had a talking tractor. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what? And the, who, John Candy also played the Happy Kozak. Yeah. That was, oh, was that Yorgi? Yeah, it was Yorgi. The he had the talking tractor. Hey, Yorgi. <laughs> He's coming to your town, hey, Jorge. He never wears a frown, hey, Jorge. He's as happy as can be, cause all of Russia is Jorge's family. Hey, Jorge! Yeah. But I think, I think my favorite, I don't know, there's so many favorites, but uh, is uh, Count Floyd. <gasps> Count Floyd here. <laughs> Saturday night, kids. Time for another monster chiller horror theater. <laughs> Count Floyd's good, and I think what made for me what made because the Count Floyd character like 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 here, um, um, like Joe Flaherty is such a like. I think he was so underrated on that show. Oh, yeah, or maybe was... not, or just rated to be at the right amount. Well, he was he was such a strange. He was kind of like the, I would yeah. almost say he's like the Graham Chapman. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's such a straight guy, and most of the and most of the you could tell he had a little fun playing uh, Guy Caballero, where he could like get mad at people. But he was such a straight guy, kind of. And the Count Floyd, I think what for me what made the Count Floyd even better. I mean, yeah, obviously the character Count Floyd was pretty funny, but then mm-hmm. they would just use that as an excuse that link all these bad movies to it. You know, then they yeah. would have like the uh, probably the most classic one would be the Whispers of the Wolf. Where he he thinks he's he's going to show this movie about a werewolf, and the movie's called Whispers of the Wolf, and it turns out to be like <laughs> this Igmar Bergman like Swedish film. Oh, it takes place in some place in Europe somewhere. Count Floyd hasn't seen the movie, so I'll be watching it along with you. So stay tuned now. You're gonna be scared right out of your pants, or dresses, or whatever you wear. <laughs> Let's take a look at the film. Yeah, yep. it's just like really like like the one of the most depressing things you could ever see, and they would just keep showing clips of it, and they would do the typical movie thing where they'd come back to Camp Floyd, and he would he would try to keep it make it sound scary. Oh, wasn't that scary? Oh, I got scared, kids. Oh, all right, it wasn't scary. The movie wasn't scary. Ingmar Bergman, who booked Bergman? Who booked that film? Prickly. Mrs. Prickly did, huh? Great. Woo! And he should yeah, yeah, the, he set it up with, uh, you know, I, I know we've been getting a lot of letters from the kids saying the show just isn't scary. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the wolf the whispers of the wolf. <laughs> and then he would, he'd get mad at people off screen. That was always good. So Joe Flaherty was really good at getting mad at people. Yeah. So basically, that they were just parroting Ingman uh, 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 Berwin's uh, personas. Right. Yeah. Totally. And it was and <laughs> and they're even like talking like fake Swedish and they had subtitles on it and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But then there's the whole series of, uh, of the 3D movies, mm-hmm. yeah, like Doctor Tong, <laughs> and the, the um, Midnight Cowboy in 3D was always always my favorite. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they had, they had the whole series like uh, Doctor Tong's uh, 3D House of Pancakes. Right. Yeah. 3D House of Stewardesses, I think was one. Yeah, 3D House of Stewardesses. Yeah. So it's always like John Candy like putting something right to the camera yeah, in 3D with that, yeah. that 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 music. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> One, 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 one bit that just was randomly. Do you see Benny Hill Street Blues? I just, just weird. I just, <laughs> was the one I just watched. Yeah. I just watched that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, governor. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would just do that look at the camera and just go. <laughs> the Benny Hill Street Blues, award-winning scenarios, unforgettable characterizations. So be sure to watch the show of which critic Rhoda Barrett said, "I nearly laughed me bleeding rump off." I mean, I think that's like their legacy. Is like they were so spot on with their parodies in in satire. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just like you know. I mean, who else would do a a Bergman takeoff? You know, I mean. Oh, and and you know, and then they could do like everything from like The Godfather. Do you see The Godfather? Guy Cabarro's The Godfather, no, and uh... then. Floyd the Barber from the Andy Griffith okay, yeah. show. It's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I, he's like, don't worry, we'll break Opie's arms. <laughs> like, Opie, Opie came in for, for a haircut and, and didn't pay for it. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll go, we'll break Opie's arms. It's like, oh, no, no, I think 
You don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think <clears throat> I think what because uh, even though he, he um, Rick Moranis uh, coming in at the end, but still the um, thing we both mentioned also the Gary uh, Todd, the Jerry Todd, <laughs> Jerry Todd weather. Dude, how you would know, you even explain him? He was like a, he called himself a video DJ. Just yucky. Yeah. yeah. And so it would just be this guy sitting in front of a, a master control unit just doing like the most cheesiest video switching you could yeah. ever think of. Yeah, I like that. Some beautiful video from Tom Monroe from his latest disc entitled Tom Monroe on a New Wavelength. And that's a pretty thing called Turning Japanese. And a good good morning to you. Welcome back to the Jerry Todd Show here in the wee small ones of a Saturday morning. We've got some fine video for you this morning as well as another incredible contest cash call and a lot, lot more. And when, when, so I only saw like one episode of that. Would he have like musical guests on each show? Or? No, he would just, it was just kind of like little short video clips of that. And probably the most, the most famous one or the people that most know the one is where he played a video with himself. Where he's singing the Vapors song, turning Japanese, which was oh. kind of kind of a semi hit in the in the eighties. Mm-hmm. But the way he's singing it, he's singing it like a Perry Como, like a really slow version, and he's just singing it instead of saying turning Japanese. He's like he's singing, I'm turning Japanese, turning Japanese, turning Japanese. I really think so. Oh, I also like the Schmengi brothers. Of course, the yeah. Polka brothers, right, Polka John brothers. Candy and Eugene Levy. Yeah, which they, which and they. Sorry, go ahead. Now I was just gonna say that uh, you could, I guess we could use this as a segue into like the later ones because they they came mm-hmm. out at the when the SCTV moved to was it Cinemax? Yeah, they moved to Cinemax in the last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of like one of the big things that came out of those those years. Who 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 and who left and who stayed? Um, let's see. Well, I know who's, who came. Like, in the last two seasons, that's where you get the powerhouse of Martin Short. Mm-hmm. So he came in in the last two uh, okay. uh, years of uh, of the show. Yeah. And then, of course, he brought everything from uh, – uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Ed Grimley. Yeah, Ed Grimley. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and do you see the one, Whatever Happened to Baby Ed? Yeah, oh yeah, of course. This is the, the classic. <laughs> oh, I told Mr. DeMille to hold that shot longer, you know. Ed Grimley is riveting. Jerry Gladman, Mellonville Free Press. Still a pretty good picture, I must say. Still watching that garbage? Boris Birch's performance in Baby Ed is Oscar bait. George Anthony, Melville Sun. See, you know what's it, it's interesting is you can you, cause you can watch those where like yeah. in SCTV where Ed Grimley's kind of developed as this like actual because he had a job at the station he did something at the station and like the oh, yeah? he, he was like an actual character you know guy mm-hmm. who had all these different you know facets to him and he was it was funny but like he was like more than that whereas when you look when you when when Short went to moves to uh, SNL. You know, cause yep. I guess it's just a, a different format. He's just got to play up more for for laughs, you know. But it, it mm-hmm. was it was a, it was interesting to see you know, those two comparisons. You can kind of see the different styles of, of comedy there, or what what you had to do before a live audience, and what you can get away with on on. Uh, yeah, yeah, you just have to be bigger in front of yeah. a live audience. Where I mean that that just goes back to that they weren't playing for you know they were just holding they weren't holding for the laughs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it it was just more ensemble, uh, you know, acting that that went on. 
I think my favorite Martin Short guy was like, um, and it's timely now. Uh, uh, he's he plays the oil company executive. Oh yeah, the, yeah. He's on sixty minutes. Right. Yeah. Did you know that since 1988 we've had the nine hottest years on record? I know that. You don't think I know that? I I, I represent the oil companies. I would be very aware of that. Yeah, but that was in but that was the one on Saturday Night Live. But he'd done that character, um, Na- uh, Thurman. Nathan, yeah, uh, yeah, he'd done that character on SCTV. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. So he, dude, he yeah. essentially brought like all his big characters over yeah. to Saturday Night Live, like. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so, anyways, in 1982, uh, they won the they won the Emmy for Outstanding Writing in a Variety Program. Okay, excellent. And for, there... for a sketch called Moral Majority. Did you ever see that sketch? I no. think it's like Merv Griffin is in The Sheriff of Mayberry, maybe. Okay. And then I think all these right-wing conservative groups uh, were about to pull, like, the advertising on uh, uh, SCTV. So oh, okay. it had, like, sort of a political edge to it. Okay, yeah. But the funny part is when they got their Emmy, uh, they were introduced by uh, Milton Berle. Oh, yeah. Who was just kind of rolling their eyes at them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 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 Joe Flaherty was making, you know, the, give, giving the acceptance speech, and he was like, and Milton Berle was heckling him. Oh, <laughs> and Joe Flaherty turns to him and goes, uh, Uncle Milty, go back to sleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Which started a feud between oh. them. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I, I can't believe that we got something up here bigger than the cast of uh, Hill Street Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Which That's we've done funny. on our show. <laughs> All right. I'd like to thank. Sorry, Uncle Milty. <laughs> Go to sleep. Okay. Oh, by the way, uh, did you, it was like really weird. Like during um, like the series, like they would also have like special guests, like do sketches with them. So there's actually one episode where, where Bill Murray uh, did a sketch with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, I remember that one. Uh, who else is on there? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So Bill Murray plays yeah. Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> it's like Joe DiMaggio opens a restaurant on San Francisco's Wharf, where uh, if 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 a customer can strike him out, uh, they get a free meal. <laughs> so he's standing in his restaurant with this huge baseball bat. So the like they have like old ladies come up and like try to strike him out, and he just always just like slams the ball into their face. Are right, you loose? Make sure she pays, Tom. Who's next, Bernie? I am Joe. You may have a free meal coming, lady. I feel like I pulled a muscle on my shoulder. Why, <coughs> right, you lose. Make sure she pays, Dom. She has a scampi. The what, Joe? Scampi! Scampi! Okay, who's next? And Robin Williams was on a few episodes mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, all right, good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I guess to wrap up, uh, what do you think uh, uh, Second City's place in history is? Do, do I'm rating them on one to ten or? No, just, just as out, what, what do you think Second City's outstanding influence on history is? Uh, I think they just kind of like the, the the parody type things that they were doing were was always really big, and the way they created that that world. Like I think we we mentioned this in that in our, our earlier episode <laughs> available on rtcksave.com. Uh, on the Rutland Weekend Television one, where I think <clears throat> I mentioned this back then. I remember. I, th- I just think because I thought SCTV did a way better job of actually creating that that world of this is a world of the small town TV station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I think it's like influences when you know. I guess you can look at like some of the the 
the movies that the SCTV people went into or TV projects that they went into as well that that had that flavor, such as, you know, the, the best of show and Mighty Win uh, movies, which all were kind of like parodies of, uh, you know, a certain niche or subculture, like Mighty Win was a parody of uh, the folk music culture and best of show was, you know, a parody of, you know, dog shows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had like Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara in those movies. Uh, so, you know, that those set of movies uh, were kind of direct influences. But then you, I guess you can also look at, uh, you know, sketch shows to follow like The State or or Kids in the Hall or Tim and Eric's Awesome Show or even like Eric Andre, which is like kind of like a parody of a talk show or even like Larry Sanders, you mm-hmm. know. And, and even Matt Groening uh, uh, credits uh, Second City for being the inspiration uh, for Springfield with what they did with, uh, you know, the town of Mellonville. Right. You know, kind of creating this, like, universe that operates on its own rules within itself. Yeah, I mean, they even had, you know, like, yeah, because go, go back to the Mellonville thing, they even had a mayor that was uh, John Candy is the mayor of Mellonville who would give his, like, fireside chats with his oh god i just his, remember that yeah, yeah, his yeah fake yeah. dog yeah so it was to me that was just they, they created that and they were able to kind of get away with like you said those blackouts those really short things that might not go go anywhere else that you couldn't really do in a live show it was just cool to be able to see people doing that yeah 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 i mean i think it's like the shows that have that 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 continuous that, that are essentially sketch shows but have that like continuous flow and thread that weaves through the whole show and the behind the scenes, you know, second city was like, you know, the first to do that, to create that like universe within it. Plus yeah. it's just like really fucking funny. Yeah. I mean, it's still and, funny. And it, yeah. It, yeah. Sorry. It, it's not really dated. I was just like binge watching, you know, the last couple of days and it's just like, it's just good laughs. Yeah. One of the, one of the, like, I watched like one, even their first episode, I was, I was when we were both doing research. I watched the some of the first season from 1976, and they mm-hmm. had that um, their their uh, Jeopardy parody where it was Half Wits. Did you? Oh, see Half Wits is amazing. Which is basically more or less <laughs> it's kind of the the celebrity Jeopardy thing that Saturday Night Live doing. Three articles of clothing found in a bedroom. Lawrence Orbach. Chest of drawers, Alex. <laughs> Listen to the question, people. I'm looking for articles of clothing. That answer was incorrect. Blanche Ray. A parka? Completely complete with the, the pissed off Alec Trebek. You know, it's it's you're oh, like, seriously. Yeah. Oh, if somebody if somebody can sue, it's basically go back and watch one of them. Yeah. Drop or drop drop a clip in there, man. It's just like, whoa. <laughs> it is it is who reads. <laughs> It's about books. It's it's not whore ads. But uh, Halfwits is so funny. I think yeah. that's one of my favorite sketches. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's, uh, uh, Eugene Levy's playing uh, Alex Trebek, and and it's like okay, uh, we're 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 back again. It's uh, for the sixth week, and and all the contestants are at a tie. Still at zero, yeah. but it's like it's so funny. Like Alex Trebek or Eugene Levy as Alex Trebek, he's he 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 hasn't like said more than three words of the question, mm-hmm. and Catherine O'Hara would buzz in. Dewey Decimal System? Yeah, no, that was that's, that's <laughs> what I watched. Yeah, 
Yeah, but you, yeah. yeah, I can't believe you even watched the Saturday Night Live. Yeah, because you watched one of the Saturday Night Live ones, and you're like, oh, hmm, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you, you steal from one source plagiarism. You steal from many yeah. originality. Yeah. But they weren't doing a Sean Spicer on uh, SCTV. No, no, they weren't. No, they that's weren't. their big thing. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Here comes Trump again. Yeah, oh, no. So, anyways, uh, I think it's just time to plug away. Where where can they find everything? Well, they're gonna be able to find everything. All episodes of our Harmon's and I's brand new spanking podcast, Comedy History One Hundred and One. You can find it on iTunes and. Even more importantly, you can find our brand new production website, Right Click Save, our new production company. The URL of that is rtcksave.com, Right Click Save, because somebody had already had the domain name, so we had to go with one that's shorter and not as easy to remember. <laughs> not as easy to remember at all. <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah, you can check out all our past episodes, and I'm sure we got a lot of information wrong, so be sure to comment, rate us on the iTunes store, subscribe to our podcast, and also donate to the podcast. If you can't, we have a little button you can donate. This is our bucket speech. Throw in a, a dollar or two for the price of a cup of coffee if you can. So anyways, thanks a lot for listening. This has been Comedy History 101. And we're oh, out. Okay, all right. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.